Come on. Lightblood, this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Chad Parks. Chad, are you ready to do this? I am, George. Let's go. Let's go. Chad is the founder and CEO of Ubiquity Retirement and Savings. They're a pioneer in highly customizable flat fee retirement plans for small businesses. I think you've been going at it for over 20 years now at this point, Chad. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I ask myself that every day. No, just kidding. Um, wow. So to keep it high level and succinct, um, let's see, I, I moved. I went west, young man. I went to grad school, got a, a degree in personal finance, not corporate finance. My first job was as a retail stockbroker out of school. Hated that, cold calling people, selling them uni bonds at dinner time. Realized there must be more to life. Um, before that, my background was hospitality. Grew up in the restaurant business. And my, actually my undergrad is in hospitality management. So what I ended up doing was pairing my hospitality background with a personal finance degree, and I became a certified financial planner. And so that was much more satisfying by sitting down and helping people with their overall life goals, you know, the six pillars of financial planning, retirement, tax savings, insurance, estate planning, uh, you know, investing, the whole, the whole nine yards. And so with that experience, um, a lot of my clients were small business owners in the San Francisco, South of market area. And I would recommend, you know, you're not saving for retirement and you're not saving on taxes. You're paying more than you need to. So let's get you something. And so they said, sure, go find me something. So this is mid to late nineties. And I'm looking, I don't know much about this retirement savings space. I don't know who the players are. I don't know what a third party administrator is. You know, I just know that this problem needs to be fixed for my clients. I go to market and I'm literally appalled at what I saw. You know, it was like, it was, this is right around pre-internet. Okay. So heavy paper-based, um, you know, just really expensive solutions, paying me a fat commission if I wanted to, um, you know, but again, I'm an independent advisor at this point. I don't want to earn commission. And uh, the internet was coming along and I was in San Francisco. So I kind of researched the market, saw that 72% of small business owners under hundred employees didn't offer any workplace savings plan to their employees. Um, the, and the reason was because our industry was not providing solutions to the small market because they have an asset under management business model. So you have to have a lot of money for them to make money to be able to support you. And what we found was that, you know, small plans, no, no plans, small dollars, no dollars, they can't make money. So they ignored the market. The internet comes along. I see that as the great equalizer, levelizing the playing field. I can distribute over the internet. I can charge a different fee structure. And so I started the company, it was called The Online 401k. And uh, what differentiated us was that we were a flat monthly fee for service provider subscription-based, if you will. We were SaaS before SaaS was cool. And um, didn't matter if you had a buck or a million bucks, and it didn't matter what you invested in, because I wasn't going to steer you one way or the other. I was going to facilitate that. And that was our hypothesis uh, for a business model. And 22 years later, yes, here we are still doing it chipping away at that uh, amazing number of uncovered employees in our country. And to, you know, to bring that fast forward to today, there's about 5 million small businesses, 60 million employees who don't have the ability to save at work today, 22 years later after I started the company. So obviously I failed in my mission, uh, but we've talked more about that because it's getting better. Nice. So that, I mean, kudos to you for, you know, to be, uh, I, how how many years were you in the business 
when you said, you know what, there's just no good solution. I'm going to do it. Um, three. Yeah. Wow. I was 25 when I started as a retail broker and I was 28 when I started this company. So it okay. didn't take me long. <laughs> no, uh-uh. that's, uh, that, that's, that's pretty audacious. Well, when you're that young, you don't have much to lose. You don't know the difference. You know, you take a few more risks than you would today. Right. Well, I appreciate that. And certainly everything that you're talking about, we've, we've certainly spent a good amount of time on the show talking about and, and, and exploring the different challenges. And I know that we've had on Andrew Meadows from your firm a couple of times, and he talked about your documentary that you made some years ago, Broken Eggs. That's and right. it was detailing a lot of the problems that people had been facing. I think that was in like 16 or so. So it's been five, six, seven years. How okay. has your perspective shifted since since making that film if 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 at all oh my gosh yeah no and thank you for bringing it up that was a a a, uh, a pet project that you know came from the heart really um and we uh so again it's broken eggs film the looming retirement crisis in america you can go watch that on youtube just type in broken eggs film and uh watch the feature length 80 minute documentary and just a little quick background is that you know we focused on what is the current state of retirement for three de- three generations: Boomers, um, Gen X, and Millennials. And what's the reality? And we looked at the three-legged stool that is supposed to be there for people of retirement, which is pension, Social Security, and your own personal savings. And we broke that down by each generation to see what is the reality. And it was just eye-opening. I mean, clearly that some Boomers have all three. Some of them are in a good spot. We can talk more about why Social Security is a shaky leg, you know, and but then the reality for Gen X and um, what, yeah, and millennials is that, you know, pensions, no, no one's going to see those, you know, almost no one, unless you're working in the government and uh, some very few private companies and uh, forget about social security for the millennials, uh, even for us. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you're about my age or a little younger. Um, you know, I'm not really counting on social security. And even so it's never meant to be the primary source of retirement income for me, right? Mm-hmm. So what that does is it puts all the onus on us individuals to personally save for our future while those other two legs have gone away. So that was that was the uh, thing we wanted to shine a light on to get people to really understand, you know, it's up to you. You know, don't be thinking that the government is going to be there to bail you out. Um, and you got to start taking that seriously now. Uh, so we did start uh, production on that in 2012. Okay. Um, we were on the road. We did a road trip, we traveled 6,000 miles across the country with the camera crew to put the camera in front of people's faces and say, tell us your story. What do you know? And that was very eye-opening because that actually then wrote the story, if you will. We then hired a producer to go out and find, you know, more interesting subjects than just watching a talking heads video, right? And to develop the storyline and bring that story to life. And that's what we did. And so how has my perspective changed? So we're going into our 10th year of production since production. We're going to do a follow-up this year hmm. and we're going to go and reach out to our characters in our film and ask them, where are they now? What has changed? You know, our, our boomer characters, um, the, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on their name all of a sudden, <laughs> the Beardsleys, uh, they were 65. We filmed their birthday in the film. Now they're 75. What's changed for you? You know, the, the people who were in their 40s are now their 50s. You know, our, our millennials in the film, who was 24-year-old Nick Triano, who was in Washington, who eventually tried to run for Congress. Now he's 34. What's changed for you? You know, Michael Tubbs, the mayor of Stockton, California. He was 
actually a councilman in the film. Now he's mayor and he's moving his way up, right? And he's all his life experiences and the things that he shared in the film, we're going to catch up on. And so my perspective has changed in that there's people's lives move on. We will check in and see how things have changed for them individually. But the reality is, and the sad part of this is that if we look at the statistics in the film and we look at the problems we highlighted in the film and we said that social security was going to have a shortfall in 2034 in the film and that was 10 years ago nothing has changed hmm. nothing i mean seriously not even measurable change pensions are still in shambles social security is still going to have a cut a cut in 2034 personal savings rates haven't changed actually what's changed it's gotten worse right because of the pandemic People didn't have emergency savings, all the layoffs that occurred and people losing their jobs. Now, you know, it's just on and on and on. And in the film, Nick Triano's organization that he was behind was called the Can Kicks Back because it was a millennial led group who's like trying to have accountability from our policymakers in Washington to say, stop kicking the can down the road on this hmm. problem. Ten years later, we're, that can got kicked. I don't see anybody raising their hands to try to fix this stuff. I know Biden and the administration got some ideas, but the politics are just killing it. And that being said, I don't want to be totally Debbie Downer. There are some glimmers of hope, and we should talk about actually those things that have changed. And I'll pause here in a second, but just so you, I see you taking notes, these will be good things to think about, is that there has been movement, but it hasn't come from the federal level a lot. It's come from the state level, and it's come by competition. It's come from investment into our space and the feds helped a little bit because they up the tax credit so we can drive down into those savings oh, did i lose you there i think oh sorry okay states have started mandating retirement savings in their in their borders the federal government has increased the tax credit for small businesses as an incentive to pay for these plans in the first few years you know at least 50 percent right now may go to 100 percent um, and there's competition and investment in the space, which now validates this and says, this is a big deal. It's a big market and it needs solutions. So those are the positive things that have come, but we're still, you know, it's like an aircraft carrier, man. It's moving slow. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Ha- has it, it has the tax credit from, from your estimation, has that catalyzed or, or, or helped small businesses get started? Is it a combination of the tax credit and then these state sponsored, not state sponsored, but maybe state sponsored is, is, is the right term. I know. Um, not yet. You know, these, these things are still coming online. Uh, the, the enhanced tax credit, let me just explain that a little bit. So the government now, the math is a little backwards, but the short answer is they'll pay up to 50% of your plan costs in the first three years. There is some math to calculate that. Um, but that only began and it was put into law at the end of 19. So we've only seen, you know, we've barely seen two years of it actually being in effect. And frankly, it's, you know, not many people know about it. You know, there's not like they're out there flying airplanes with the banners on it saying, get your tax credits for your retirement plan. So it's been up to us as industry to leverage that knowledge, to educate those prospective businesses that, hey, this is on the table for you. It does help. When we have the opportunity to talk to somebody, it takes away the sting of having to write a check, but it's when we explain it to them, right? It's not like they've been really told a lot about it. And as far as the state mandates go, that's also sort of a mixed bag, uh, a little bit because some of these states sort of wimped out and didn't put any real teeth into it. You know, like, yeah, you got to do this. Well, what if I don't? Mm, that's that's a good point. <laughs> you know, like there is no you know, stick to the carrot. 
Uh, however, some states have put a stick in. California starting to get serious about it where, you know, an example, you're a small business in California, you do a California state tax return, there's going to be a question there. Did you put a retirement plan in place? If no, pay penalty, right? So, but those things are only now coming through. So I think we're still ahead of this. I'm going to say another five years before this, these mandates and these credits really probably start to make a big, big difference. The one thing that the feds are contemplating right now, which we are fingers crossed, and this, by the way, this act, this bill that they've done is called SECURE, it was Secure Act in 2019. Now we're calling that 1.0 because they're looking at revising it, Secure Act 2.0, which may pass this year, uh, in which they would then raise that tax credit to 100%. Right? That changes the story again. It's like, what do you got to lose? Why aren't you putting this in place? The government is so serious about getting you and your employees into the savings system, they're willing to pay for it. In this case, they might move it up to five years. So the government will pay my fees for five years to get you and your employees into the saving system because social security <laughs> yeah nice in, in terms of, of different interventions that that, that, that that you look out and see I see certainly paying all the costs associated with it is 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 certainly a good one and you have all these other automatic features that that, that companies have been trying to Put in place to to motivate savings habits. What 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 else? What 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 is missing? Are there additional levers to be pulled? Well, oh my gosh, I, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of our fathers used to tell us this one: you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink, right? Right. <laughs> so it's um, it's it's just there's such a combination of things that are working against us as much as there are things working for us. Um, you know, it's, it's the reality of, you know, wages, you know, can people afford to save? It's the reality of student loan debt. You know, why would I save for my retirement when I'm still paying off my student loans? It's, uh, it's lack of knowledge and information by some of these business owners who maybe have misperceptions about what it really means to be involved in a retirement savings plan on behalf of their employees. One of the big misperceptions we have is that they have to do a match, but that's not the case. You just, you as the business owner are a conduit. Unfortunately, that's how our system has been designed. Fortunately, it has been proven that salary deferral is the best way to accumulate savings. So you business owner, like it or not, you're in, you're the conduit for that. You're the one writing the paycheck, take a little bit of that aside, drop it in the retirement account. That's basically all it is. That's all you got to do at the bare minimum. If you want to do more and you want to offer it as a fringe benefit to attract and retain your employees, you can. That's what you mentioned at the beginning of this flexible plan design, flexible, customizable plans. Absolutely. If you have a little good year and you want to reward your employees and you want to do some matching or profit sharing, you totally can, but you don't have to, right? So all these things. And then frankly, the other big, big thing is People look at, they get, you know, deer in the headlights when it comes to the investments, you know, oh my gosh, it's, you know, what are mutual funds? What are ETFs, stocks, bonds? I don't understand any of it. I'm not qualified to do this. Investing, investing scares me and, or I don't, I don't know what to invest in. I don't want to invest. I don't want to lose my money. So therefore I'm not going to participate in this plan. That's where we go back to it's tax savings. Okay, and it's retirement savings. Investing is only one component of a retirement plan. Don't get in, was it, don't let the investing tail wag the dog, right? 
because if you're not putting money away on a tax deferred basis, you're paying Uncle Sam more than you have to. That's what we call the government match. You know, for every dollar you put in, you're going to get about 20, 25 cents back from the government uh, in terms of tax savings. And if nothing else, let that money be earmarked and put aside for your future. And if you want to invest, you can, right? So same thing. You don't have to do a match. You don't have to invest. Prudence would say you better invest because you need to grow your money, especially in an inflationary environment, but you don't have to. So all these misperceptions and then just the reality that, um, you know, the it's the inertia, you know, it's the, it's, we're stuck, right? Um, and I think, you know, even state mandates, because they don't have the teeth, aren't going to be enough to get the boulder moving down the hill, so to speak. We were very, very close this year to the feds having a mandate. That would have been very, very interesting. If it becomes a federally mandated thing that every business of X number of employees or more in this country must offer a workplace savings plan, that would have been the thing to push it over. Politics got in the way, build back big better, whatever it was called. It got put on the, it was proposed, but it got put on the cutting room floor and they didn't have the political will to, to push for it and they kick the can down the road. You So you see the theme here, right? So th this is one of those things where it's not an exciting subject. It's not sexy. People are not instantly gratified by saving money today. Uh, imagining your future and imagining having some dollars put away is not easy for the human brain to get its head around, so to speak. And we're all stuck in the now. And that's really, I mean, it's, it's a weird conundrum. What's the ultimate solution? Bring back the pension plan, <laughs> right? Just do it for you. Uh, fix social security, uh, maybe double, triple social security, right? If you guys won't do this, your social security tax is tripling and we will earmark this account and it'll be your money in the future. But, you know, there's no political will to do that either, right? I mean, it's just, there are solutions. There are ways to fix this. Other countries have been more successful at it than we have. It's just, we're kind of stuck in this quagmire. Keep kicking the can. Chad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My gosh. Now, anything else? Any other good news you want me to share? <laughs> <laughs> so when 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 should we expect or when are you hoping, anticipating that the uh the new iteration of broken eggs will be out? Um yeah, maybe mid-year, Q3. You know, we're hoping to be able to sit down with those folks virtually. Obviously, you're not sending camera crews around again in today's environment, but um so yeah, it, it's it's on our roadmap. It's definitely something we're committed to, and um, and we will be very happy to share that once it is out. Love it. Well, Chad, people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Well, as I said in my long tirade here, um, it's not up to the government. It's not up to your employer to take care of your future self. It unfortunately is up to you. There are plenty of tools. There are plenty of vehicles. There's plenty of education. There's plenty of tax savings. It's all there. So there is no excuse except you have to do it. I understand it's complicated. I understand that it's hard to understand what the future looks like. There are so many moving parts, but you got to start somewhere. And if at a bare minimum, nothing else, open an IRA and transfer 50 bucks a month, 50 bucks a week, whatever you can do. Uh, and if you're going to do more, do more. The idea of planning for your future is so important, but it's also so impossible because you don't know how long you're going to live. You don't know what you're calculating for. You don't know what your bookend is. And, 
And so it's a it's a very frustrating zero sum game here, but you got to do something. It's better to have something accumulated and figure it out as you go than to wait 20, 30, 40 years and say, shit, oh, sorry, you can bleep that out. Now, <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, because it's going to be bleak. And um, I can use my own mother as an example. Uh, she worked throughout most of her career and she had a 401k available to her. She did participate in it. The company did match. She does have a little bit of a pension because she was in that era. And of course, she's drawing on social security. Uh, she just turned 78 last year. She'll be 79 this year. And uh, it was last year that she ran out of her 401k money. You know? And it wasn't because she was going to Vegas and rolling the dice. It was just because it ran out. And, um, you know, uh, luckily I'm in a good position to be able to help her as well as my sister is, but that's what most, that's what a lot of people are going to be facing. And, um, you know, and she did things relatively right. So can you imagine if you're not doing things, that's what may happen. So it's up to you. That's, that's my, my tip. <laughs> well, I think that is great stuff. It definitely gets, come on. That's the only way to put it. I mean, nobody's coming to save us, Chad, no matter if it's the state that you live in or the federal government or whatever. You need to accept the personal responsibility to, uh, to, to be paying attention to this stuff. And to your point, just get started. Open an IRA and throw 50 bucks in it and just, just get started. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you and Ubiquity? Yeah, well, thank you always for that opportunity. So our website address is www.myubiquity.com, where you will find all about our organization, our values, what drives us, our products, and really, you know, how we're trying to make a difference in this world. And um, of course, you can learn about our team and everybody else too. So that's, that's the best bet. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think <laughs> it's like pretty sure we're out there on social media too. <laughs> uh, Instagram and Facebook for sure. I think we actually might even be on TikTok now, George, you see how, how cutting edge we are as an organization. <laughs> I am not a Luddite. I do know what these things are. So anyway, that's, that's where we're at. I love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Chad your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to myubiquity.com. That's M-Y-U-B-I-Q-U-I-T-Y.com and check out all the great resources that they have. Keep an eye out for um, Broken Eggs coming out later on this year. And if you are a small business or you work in a small business that does not currently offer a retirement plan, uh, check out Ubiquity and see if it makes sense. Thanks again, Chad. You're very welcome, George. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.